Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for the opportunity, Father, to offer up our praise and adoration before you. You are our King. You are our Lord. We love you. Why don't you have a seat and um, settle in. Thank you, guys. Thank you for doing those songs that I requested. Uh, that lifter song is, is stunning, isn't it? Um, he is the lifter of our head. You know, I heard this, this word spoken last week. I didn't actually see the person who, who said it. It potentially was Steph because she's the... Is that my earring? Yeah. Hold fire. Can we handle one earring on and one earring off? Yeah, I reckon. Um, I heard this word spoken, plethora. Am I saying it right? A plethora, and I was thinking, what on earth is that word? But it sounds good. It's another P word. I like it. I'm going to look it up. And I looked it up, and you know what it means? An overabundance, an excessiveness. And I thought, you know what? We have just had a plethora of praise this morning an overabundance of praise that has come from within out to him. What a beautiful thing. What a beautiful thing. Um, now, Greg has been talking about, I'm just going to pull that back just slightly. I feel like I'm sitting on top of you. Um, and um, he's been talking about the, the three Ps, hasn't he? So the prayer, praise, and prophecy. And we had the prayer, praise, and prophecy night last Saturday night. If anyone was... Um, it came to that. It was a beautiful time in the presence of the Lord, wasn't it? It was just, it was powerful. Uh, but I've added a few P's of my own, as you do. That's, that's right. Um, and I've actually written a wee statement for myself because it's very powerful for me. And it goes like this. It's a privilege to participate in prayer, praise, and prophecy that brings his powerful presence in partnership with him. Because everything we do is in partnership with him, isn't it? We don't do anything on our own. We're in partnership with him to bring him glory. Um, a lovely, I was going to say friend of mine, but she actually doesn't know me. But I'm sure if she knew me, we could become <laughs> friends, potentially. Um, her name is Lisa Turkist, and she's written a number of books. And she said this during the week, and it, and it goes along with that statement. Where his presence is, there his promise reigns. Isn't that such a beautiful truth? Where his presence is, there his promise reigns. So um, this morning, as you know, we've been talking about um, Christ in us, the hope of glory. And my message, Greg keeps stealing my little nuggets. That's all right. It's okay. He's allowed to. It's called From Mire to Mountain. So um, I want to look at the aspect of actually being stuck. Stuck in the mud. Anyone felt like that? Or just me? <laughs> Been there or still there? You're in a good company because I'm in the same walker as you. I'm in the same boat. Let me give, me, give you a wee example um, of being literally stuck. So Lily was um, invited to a birthday party just in Whitby. We're in Campbell on 10 minutes drive, max. 
and um, I said, love, let's go 15 minutes before because it's good to be early to parties, you know, and just get there and you can settle in. Sometimes you don't know all the children because so it can be a little bit, you know, nerve-wracking for kids. So let's get there. It'll be all good. So we got in the car, away we went, put it on my GPS, and then we headed towards Patsnui. And I thought, what the heck? Where is it taking us? The party is in Whitby. I know it's in Whitby. I had a look at the address. And, but my GPS was telling me the total different direction. I think I tried to ring Greg, or maybe I rang the mother, and she um, said, oh, did you not look at the back of the invitation? I've drawn a map for you. Your GPS won't get you the right way. And I'm like, yeah, well, I flippin' know that now, don't I? <laughs> I'm like all the way in Patsnui Hills, and um, so, you know, time was ticking by, and she explained verbally to me how to get to where we needed to go, and that was fine, um, but we were now half an hour late, and poor Lily was getting a bit nervous because she hates being late to things. It's a good character to have. Um, I can learn something from her, um, and so we got there, and that was fine. We found the driveway. There was a, you know, it was a fork. That's me doing things, isn't it? I'll try and stand still. Um, that the driveway, there was a, it was a fork driveway. Is that what it means? You know, you go up and then it goes to two. And I'm like, oh, I think it will be that one. Let's go go to that one. So I went on the left-hand side. um, And then I suddenly realised when we saw the number on the letterbox, it was the wrong one. I thought, that's okay. I can hear the kids. It's just next door. We're almost there, Lil. It's fine. And then we reversed back. But no, no, we could not reverse back because my tyres started going round and round and round, and I didn't realise I'd actually driven into the driveway, but it was mud, it was muddy, and it had been raining, and I tried to go forward, couldn't move, tried to go back, couldn't move, I was like, flip, I can't ring Greg, the flipping GPS has drained my entire battery, I'm now completely stuck, I said, Lil, we've got to start praying, we held hands, we started praying, I'm like, Lord, please get us out of this muck, because I didn't know the people who were having the party, they were friends from school, and I didn't actually know them, and I really didn't want to meet her by saying, can you please help me get out of the muck, next, in the next door neighbour's, you know, driveway. Um, So we prayed, and I was like, okay, Lil, I'm going to rev it, okay? Just get ready. (laughs) Here we go. We're doing it. And so I rev really, really loud, and oh my gosh, the neighbours are probably hearing us, never mind. And back we came. So we finally got out. We went up the right driveway, and Lil got to a party um, 35 minutes late. But we got there in the end. She still saw the show of the science person doing the big bubbles, so she was happy. And I was like, for goodness sake, that's that jolly GPS. I'm not going to rely on that ever again, <laughs> ever again. Because to be honest, I wasn't actually built with a GPS internal system. You may be surprised. Um, details, you know, really. Just tell me where I need to be and I'll get there by myself eventually, somehow. Oh, just ask someone along the way. I don't mind asking people along the way for help. Um, when I was younger, I wanted to be an air hostess. It was a big dream of mine to be an e-hostess. I thought I'd be great at that job. Um, I think they call them air stewards now. It's a bit more PC because, you know, being the hostess with the mostess is probably not, you know, <laughs> what, you, what you do. Um, and so I, um, Dad said, look, well, if that's what you want to do, you know, um, how about you take geography at school? And I'm like, geography? Why, why would I need to take geography? I don't like geography. And he said, well, it's good to know where you're going. And I said, but... <laughs> The reality is, I'm not flying the plane. (laughs) 
It's the pilot. He knows where he's going. I just jump on board, have a great time in flight entertainment or, you know, be the hostess with the guests and, you know, we arrive. And you know what? Actually, years later, that fact is still true. I don't really need to know where I'm going. I just get on the plane. <laughs> it's a good thing. Um, anyway, I did. I was obedient and I did do geography. However, you know what I learnt? I learnt about high country hill farming. <laughs> Now, that's fine if you're into farming. I'm not putting down the farmers. They do a great job, but I am not a farmer. I can actually milk a cow. just have to put that out there. But I'm not really into farming, and um, it didn't really help me know anything in the world. I wanted to find about countries and this, that, and the other thing, and I didn't find anything. So it was a little bit of a waste of time. But anyway, that's all good. So I'll give you one more example. I've been stuck, and this is a literal stuck um, and this time I deliberately went the wrong way. Yes, sorry about that. Um, but I went in the exit instead of the entrance. I had just started, and <laughs> exactly, I, I just started at my new job at, um, in Nainai, Conductive Education, and um, it's on the Nainai school grounds. And basically, there's this little road that you can go in, and you can just zip in the exit, and the and the car park is just there. So, and it was midday. I started midday on a Wednesday. All the kids are in school. There's no one coming. It's fine. So um, instead of having to go all the way around the other side up the other road and down through and then to the actual entrance. I'm like, you know what, I'm just, going in the, I'm just going in the exit. So I went in the exit and that was totally fine until until this car came out of nowhere down the drive and I'm like, oh, that's okay. I'll just zip over to the grass, smile sheepishly. If I go past, yes, I know I'm going the wrong way. It's all right, keep going, keep going. And, um, and that was fine. Away they went. They looked at me with a stern look and... <laughs> I just sat there, it's fine, and I um, then, you know, was reversed back, back into the car park, into work, fine, good as, except I couldn't reverse, could I? The grass was so wet, there'd been a lot of rain, and it wasn't just, you know, grass, it was mud, and so as my tyres spun, again, three years later, I was in the same, same car even, same doo-doo as I was before. But this time, I was able to ring Greg. I had, some, um, I had some battery power on my phone. And I said, Greg, this is the situation. <laughs> I'm stuck in the little yellow car, and I can't move back, and I can't move forward, and I'm not really sure what to do. And he said, well, babe, it's simple. You're going to have to ask for help. I'm like, I am, not asking my new- <laughs> I am not asking my new colleagues for help. I am not. That is too embarrassing. So... I had my high heel boots on, as you do, and I got out, and I'm like, I'm going to push this car. <laughs> so, I'm actually quite strong. I had, <laughs> I'm strong at times. Um, anyway, I, I put it in neutral because I knew that that's the thing that you do, and you take the handbrake off. And I got out, and I heated, <laughs> and it went, ooh, ooh. <laughs> and I tried that three times. And I got back in the car, and I'm like, I am going to have to ring them and ask them to come out. And it was so humiliating because they did come, and my boots were covered with mud. The car was completely covered with mud. They had to put under some, um, um, what's it called? Um, Not newspaper, um, cardboard underneath so it could actually get traction. And they told me to rev the car (laughs) 
as, as much as I could and we finally got the car out and um, we've been great colleagues ever since. <laughs> They've given me such a ribbing about it. So, yeah, that was, that was very embarrassing. But anyway, a bit, bit humbling, humbling, but, you know, it's all good. Um, but you know what? You can actually get comfortable in mud. You can have those icky moments of real, you know, but you can actually be comfortable in mud as well. Um, and the, um, like that saying goes, like a pig in mud, you know, they love it. They wallow in it. They kind of immerse themselves in it and go, mm-mm, this is good. Um, there's that game, stuck in the mud. You know, kids play it all the time. They have fun. There's lots of frivolity. It's, it's, it's a fun thing. And in actual fact, there are many benefits of mud. Topo's uh, volcanic mud is full of minerals and antioxidants that are great for facials. Yes. I recently read an article from the plane coming back from Cambodia and the title caught my attention. Listen to this. Let the mud slinging begin. A huge festival in South Korea celebrates the beauty's industry's humblest ingredient. The Borong, might be saying that wrong, but the Boyong Mud Festival was launched in 1999 to promote the beauty benefits of mud from the town. The annual summer bash attracts both local and international visitors. Attendees get down and dirty in the grey and gloppy grey beach, taking part in mud wrestling, sliding down inflatables, and even swimming in a giant mud bath. More athletic challenges include a 3K run across mud flats. Andrea, that's you, isn't it? And a military-style training session. Those just looking to relax, that's me, can head to the mud massage stations or take a dip in the sea. And there are also parties backed by live music and fireworks in a kid's zone to keep little ones entertained. The biggest perk of rolling in this clay is skin deep and it, because it consists of fine sea mud that is rich in the minerals, germanium, not geranium, germanium and bentonite. It also radiates a high level of far infrared rays. Did you ever know that? Known to be beneficial for the skin's appearances. Who wants to go to that mud festival? <laughs> We've just missed it this year, Mel, but maybe next year. It's on the 13th to the 22nd of July. Just missed it. Next year. <laughs> so, you know, there's benefits to mud. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> but just as it is in the physical, we can easily get stuck in the mud, in the muck, and in the mire, in our spiritual and emotional states too. This kind of mud has a very different outcome though, doesn't it? Benefits are none, and deficits are definitely some. How easy is it for us to get stuck in our way of thinking, the stubbornness of our ways, and our selfish desires, even though they may be detrimental to us, and definitely to those around us. Hmm. Is when you're stuck, there's no forward movement. There's more of a downward sinking, a spiral down, like quicksand that sucks you in. We actually require a bigger force or a hand, like a crane, to pull us up and out. Um, or else we end up pulling others into the muck as well. You know, our patterns of thinking... Um, and that way that we get stuck in our old old mindsets can hold us back that for, um, can hold us back from all that he has for us. 
I'm just going to hit take a wee drink, excuse me, and then I'm going to share my own little story about Cambodia. <coughs> So um, I had the privilege of going to Cambodia as well um, with Greg and the team, and it was, it was really it was an amazing time. It was a, a beautiful time to be together, uh, to minister together, and to um, see the amazing work that is, is happening over there, and what we're doing as a family to invest into over there was, was truly a beautiful thing. And um, like Kirsten shared, the, um, the ladies that she had met, uh, the last time she went, one of them was Sukfi, and her, um, she, uh, sorry, she is the wife of Vana. So obviously we've talked a lot about Vana, but Sukfi is, is um, her, his wife. And she had suggested to Greg that how about we do this Saturday morning gathering of the ladies. And um, she had um, talked to the five of us ladies who was going and um, said, how about we just prepare 10 minutes and um, something that the Lord has laid on our heart and just encourage these women and, um, you know, let's, let's get together with them and um, just minister to them and then just, see, you know, see what God wants to do um, in us and um, in them as well. Um, and we also had some um, lovely little gifts that we'd all gathered to, um, to bring together um, that would, you know, some of us had made some things and someone had bought some things and we um, put them all together and um, to create a beautiful gift. And so I was really excited about that, and there was a real um, air of anticipation of what that was going to look like um, on that, for that morning. And um, I had my scripture sorted, and I was going to speak from um, Ephesians, and it was to do with the knitted and fitted together, that scripture. You know, they were knitted and fitted together, and everything's great, and, you know, when we're doing it God's ways, um, everything, you know, falls into place, and talk about marriage and the purpose of, of marriage and the bride. So I had that in my head, and I was ready to go, um, and I was really looking forward to it until the night before. So the night before, um, unfortunately, Greg and I had a horrendous argument. Um, it was a massive, gigantous argument. <laughs> it was a kind of argument that um, you're so angry you can't speak. Um, I was white with rage. I was very, very, very angry. And, um, you know, it's been said that you don't let the sun go down on an argument. And I say, no, you stay up and fight. <laughs> now, I, that's really bad advice. It's not, that is not what you do. <laughs> that is not what you do. But that's unfortunately what happened that night. And most of the night we fought and we argued. And then we went to bed. But, um, and then we were supposed to go to sleep, of course. But it's really hard to sleep when you're so angry. And it's also very hard to sleep when you're sleeping literally on the edge of your bed rigid because I'm not going to touch him and he has not come any closer and I could almost feel the floor. So I got up the next morning at four because I couldn't sleep anyway. I thought I might as well get up and uh, I went into the bathroom and sat on top of the toilet with my phone because the light was so, you know, bright and I emailed a friend of mine and I said, you know what, I'm really ticked off. And the funny thing is, I'm supposed to be talking about marriage today. Ha! That's a joke, isn't it? Why on earth did I come to Cambodia? 
what the heck was God thinking? What was I thinking? This is such a waste of time. I'm so angry. And you know what? I don't even want to be here. You know what? They can do the ladies thing by themselves. Kirsten was facilitating it anyway. I, I thought maybe I'll just have a day by myself. And then as soon as that thought came, I thought, no, no. I am here. <laughs> I am here to minister to these women. It is not about Greg. I will stay angry with him. <laughs> Seriously, this is what my thought pattern was. I am going to stay cold and annoyed and very angry with him, but I will laugh on these ladies. Because <laughs> that is what I'm here for. <laughs> oh my gosh. I wanted to do things myself and shut out the voice of the Holy Spirit. That's the truth, really. To forgive and to move forward. I wanted to stay angry with Greg, love on the woman Saturday morning, have a great old time. That was my plan. And that was my plan. Got in the car, got there, have a great day, Greg. Fantastic. Off you go. (laughs) Off you go to do your men's thing. We're doing the women's thing. Okay. All right. See ya. Um... Got into the room, Kirsten was sorting it. There was Cambodian, Kiwi, Cambodian, Kiwi. We were, you know, around the room. It was really good to be intermingled like that. And um, Kirsten um, put on some, a couple of worship songs. And the first song's like, yeah, this is good. Yeah, it's good. I'm talking about Ephesians. Yeah, it's fitted and knitted together. It's good. Yeah. And then the second song came on. <laughs> oh, and little tears started to just seep out of my eye. <laughs> I was like, oh, flip. And then Mel started to speak. And she spoke about, um, she basically gave an overview of what Greg had shared f- to the leaders about um, transformation and from caterpillar to cocoon to butterfly and how we see ourselves, but actually how God sees us in those three states. And her. Huh, I started to write down a little paragraph and drew my own diagram as Mel was doing her diagram. And I started to realise, I started to realise how I had been behaving. And then Amanda shared, and she shared some intimate things. And I started to weep. And I couldn't help but cry my eyes out. And you know what? It wasn't one of those nice little soft cries. <laughs> I wanted it to be, but I was sobbing loudly. <laughs> and the Cambodians probably thought, who the heck is this? <laughs> um, and I went over to her and I hugged her. And I said, thank you for being courageous. Thank you for being the woman of integrity that I am not. And she looked at me and she said such beautiful words and she said, yes, you are. Yes, you are. At at that moment, I was so utterly humbled. I was so ashamed and I was totally undone and overcome by the Spirit. Man, it was intense. It was incredibly intense. And as I drew my diagram of the caterpillar, in the eyes of, of, of God in the middle and how I had been seeing Greg through the eyes of the caterpillar and totally pulling him down, totally dissing his um, leadership, uh, seeing all his faults, um, 
causing such division, clearly. I hadn't been seeing him through God's divine eyes of the, of the um, butterfly, that we're the higher calling, the way we are to see people. And my emotions went in an instant from angry, selfish, to ashamed, to humbled, um, repentant. And then as that transaction happened, an anointing came and a refreshing and a powerful presence. Whoa. Courage and boldness just started to well up from within because it was so raw. And I realized in that moment, um, the Ephesians scripture went out the blooming window. <laughs> I wasn't being fitted and knitted with Greg. How could I share about that? This is what he wanted me to share on. And I'm like, no, uh-uh, this is just for me, my little journal. I want to shut it. It's like, no, Danny, you're sharing that. I'm like, but I want them to know me as Greg's wife, and here I am, and I've got some really great things to share. They're like, no, that has to be raw. And I was resisting it, and then there was a moment, and Kirsten put the request out there who would like to pray, and I said, first, can I just share? And so I got up, and I shared through tears, but through boldness as well, this exact picture that he'd given me. And, you know, it diffused the argument totally. It was like the balloon with the air out through the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, I was so overcome by his presence in that moment. And I realized, who was I kidding? It's, it's so embarrassing to think, but this is the honest truth. Who was I kidding to think that I could stay angry with Greg? and yet minister his love to these women. What was I thinking? It is not his way. It will never, ever be his way. I needed to be smashed of all pride and humbled to the point of repenting and then restored the right way around. And the fruit, like Kirsten has shared with us, the fruit of that beautiful time together is being beautiful divine connections of the Spirit. Um, because of the rawness, I guess, and everyone shared, and then they shared, and we shared, and, you know, we, we spent some time in prayer, and that prayer was English, Kamai, English, Kamai. We had no, each, no idea what each other was saying, but the Spirit knew. The Spirit knew, and there was amazing ministry in that moment. I was so overcome. Um, we got to the cafe where the guys were um, that Greg and um, Rodney shared about, and um, I just saw Greg and I just I think I hugged him um, I said I'm sorry and then there was time to share afterwards of what had, what had happened but it was almost like it didn't need any words it was like the, the spirit had done such a work on my heart that it was um, it, it was totally diffused Mel recently spoke about laying hold of do you remember that message? Um, the lion taking hold of us, his people. The sustainer of our thinking is the fact that he has laid hold of us. I loved that statement, Mel. The sustainer of our thinking is the fact that he has laid hold of us. What a beautiful promise and assurance that we have when he lays hold of us. Him living within us 
is the hope of glory. It is the hope of glory. That is the facts. So there is hope, but it's not found within. It's not found within me. It's him who plucks us up and out of the miry clay. Him living within us is the hope of glory. So the miry clay, um, I was just looking at what that um, word actually means, Maya. It means a tract or wet area of swampy ground, bog, marsh. Mired, to plunge and fix in the mire, cause to stick fast in mire. <laughs> um, reminds me of uh, my little yellow car moments, those dreadful occasions, but also of the moments in time when I can't seem to change my way of thinking and where my passions and the old mindset is speaking louder than what the truth is. My emotions have taken hold of me, and I am deep down back in the pit of my way of thinking, just like in Cambodia. But Psalm 40, verse 2, says, He brought me up out of the pit of destruction, out of the miry clay, and he has set my feet upon a rock making my footsteps firm. Thank you, Lord. You know, I'm reminded of that old song by Israel Houghton. I'm standing on the rock, and my name is on the roll. Who remembers it? Ooh, I'm a believer, believer. He's the rock of all ages, the shepherd of my soul. I'm a believer, believer, and it goes on, and that is an absolute statement of truth, isn't it, for us to walk in. He is my rock, he is the rock of all ages, and my name is on the roll. But you know, (laughs) crazily enough, I used to sing that song loud and proud, um, but I always thought that bit about the name being on the roll was like, I'm rolling, yeah, rolling, rolling like a river. It actually doesn't mean that. It was only just recently I found out how ridiculous um, that part of the song is referring to my name being on the roll call of heaven. Is your name on the roll call of heaven? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. It means a totally different thing, doesn't it? Lamb's Book of Life. Amen. That's right, Warren. The Lamb's Book of Life. So when we are deep down into the doo-doo, into the mire, whether it's physically, emotionally, spiritually or mentally, and we are at the end of ourselves, and we have nowhere else to turn, it is He, the Lord God Almighty, the maker of heaven and earth that lifts us from our muck and our mire and places us upon the rock. Thank you, Lord, that I cannot save myself, but he saves us. Hope cannot come from wishing we were better. My gosh, I've been there. Or didn't think that way. Why do I keep thinking like that? Or didn't do that. This hope is found in Christ alone because it's Christ in me is, it is the hope of glory. When this revelation hits your heart, a release of yourself occurs, leading you to repentance, to bow your knee, and the process of restoration, renewing, and refreshment can truly begin. I'll just say that one more time. I know it's on the screen behind me. 
When this revelation hits your heart, a release of yourself occurs, leading you to repentance, and then the process of restoration, renewing, and refreshment can truly begin. Let's turn to, or it's actually going to be on the screen as well, Psalm 121, 1 to 4. I love this scripture. Amen. I love it so much. Verse 1 says, I will lift my eyes to the mountains. From where shall my help come? My help comes from the Lord who made heavens and earth. He will not allow your foot to slip. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. I lift my eyes up. That is the first step to lift our eyes off our own circumstances because he is the lifter of our head, just like we sang in that song, and he is the healer of my heart. To know that our help comes from the Lord fills us with such hope and assurance. He is with us, he is for us, and he will never, ever, ever leave us. He never sleeps. He sees and knows everything. There is no fear, and there is no lack in him. But you say, I don't know how to climb. I'm stuck. I'm stuck fast. It's too hard. You know, God says, I do. I know how to climb. I'm the guide. I'm the greatest mountaineer uh, that you know, and I am your Sherpa. Because he doesn't require oxygen, because he knows the way, and he's been there before, because he knows the journey. All we must do is trust. All we must do is trust. To stay abiding in is the posture of Christ in us, the hope of glory. I'm going to say that again. To stay abiding in is the posture of Christ in us, the hope of glory. It's an absolute assuredness such a conviction of the hope that is living and breathing within us. As I've been thinking on this, I've come to realize that the Holy Spirit is the guidance system for our lives. He is actually our GPS. He's our G, he's our guide. He's our P, he's our power. And he's our S, he's the Spirit. It's the Spirit in us as we walk in the manner in which he walks. His role, us to, uh, sorry, his role is to guide us into all truth. It is through his power we can be filled to overflowing. And it is through his spirit life in us that um, brings us into that true life within. It really is the Christ in me, the hope of glory. John 16, 13 says, But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all the truth. For he will not speak on his own initiative, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will disclose to you what is to come. The purpose of a Sherpa, Greg and I were talking about this, Greg Scully, climbing Mount Everest, is to act as a guide and support the group of people that they are adventuring that want to venture out and tackle Mount Everest. They are also there to carry the bags of others. So they are literally there to carry the burdens of others as they have the inbuilt GPS. 
unlike me. Um, they know the way and they have been there many times before. <clears throat> Requiring no oxygen, as the ascent gets higher and higher, they have the ability to go above and beyond their natural ability. Seeking out the right way to go, seeing dangers ahead, and sharing their knowledge with those around them. Christ in us, the hope of glory, is the true Sherpa position. This is the one who is in step with the Father, has inclined their ear to hear his ways. The inbuilt GPS, the guide, power, and spirit is flowing in and out, in and out of this person, and the life of Christ comes forth in every situation. I believe the three positions of the Sherpa who is living from this life within is able to seek. They're looking and listening to the voice of the Father. They see as the Father says, like we've been hearing about. They can see, they can see ahead because they have been there before and there is a, a confidence and assurance to know. And they share his knowledge, and his mysteries, the treasures from the throne of heaven itself. Matthew thirteen eleven says, Jesus answered them, To you it has been granted to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been granted. And Colossians 1, 27 says, To whom God willed to make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is... Christ in you, the hope of glory. I believe a Sherpa is also one who will step. They step into situations that may be risky, awkward, or detrimental to oneself. But the Christ in you position is so embedded in their heart that there is no fear and there is no lack. They step into it. They also speak, and they speak into situations um, and they speak the opposite spirit of what perhaps has been presented to them. Proverbs 15.4 says, A soothing tongue is a tree of life, and those who eat of it will find life, I think is other versions. Um, Psalm 37.30 says, The mouth of the righteous utters wisdom, and his tongue speaks justice. That was Psalm 37.30, the mouth of the righteous utters wisdom, and his tongue speaks justice. A few weeks ago, um, I had a dream, and um, it was a dream where um, I was a relieving teacher for a childcare centre that I used to teach at a number of years ago. And so I didn't know many of the people um, at the centre anymore, but um, I knew a couple of the people. Anyway, um, in the dream, I, I was standing there and I was, um, you know, with the children. And this teacher came by and she said, Danielle, can you come with me quickly? Like I could see the urgency in her face. And I quickly came and um, I could see this other teacher um, was having an um, epileptic seizure. And so um, I've, um, in reality, I've seen many seizures in my, my time with working with um, different children, and so I wasn't alarmed by it, but I just started to slowly and quietly and very gently just speak in tongues under my breath, 
and I just went closer and closer to her. I didn't know this lady, but I just went closer and closer, and I was speaking in tongues very gently, and I just touched her arm. And as I touched her arm, she looked at me, and I, our eyes connected, and she reached her arm out, and immediately the seizure stopped. And I woke up with such intensity, such intensity within me, and it was like the Spirit was reminding me, it is time to be more intentional. It is time, Danny, to be more intentional and to start moving into what the Spirit is telling you to do in the moment. Don't put it off. Speak, step, see, share. You know, it's time, church. It truly is time to be more intentional in everything. And I mean everything we do, everything we put our hand to. Time is ticking by. Do we notice? Do we actually care? There has been a call put forth from this house to prayer, to praise, to be in discipleship, to be in engagement of our all. Do we hear it? Do we really? I believe the question that we need to ask ourselves is are we intentionally placing ourselves in environments of life where we can be fed? Yes. Grown? Yes. Challenged? Yes. And loved? Yes. Or are we still resisting, excuse me, and retreating and rejecting what the Spirit is actually telling us to do? Remaining comfortable in our mire, in the muck, in the mud. I guess only you can answer that honestly. But I would ask you to search or ask him to search your heart on this matter. Because he is willing to show us great and mighty things. His glorious riches are for all, to those who seek. It's not for those who rest on their laurels, like Greg was talking about. There is nothing apathetic about this. Yes, we can rest, but there is an act of rest where he actually brings us into more as we seek after him with our all. My prayer for us is this, Psalm 27, 4-6. One thing I have asked from the Lord that I shall seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to meditate in his temple. For in the day of trouble he will conceal me in his tabernacle, in the secret place of his tent he will, ab- he will hide me. He will lift me up on the rock, and now my head will be lifted up above my enemies around me, and I will offer in his tent sacrifices with shouts of joy. I will sing, yes, I will sing praises to the Lord. That is my prayer for me. That is my prayer for you. And so let's join in prayer as I just finish, and let's ask him to search our hearts. Let's ask him to show us 
some, maybe some different places where we may be stuck. Maybe we're on the rock. Maybe our head is lifted. But you know, there is always more he wants us to come into. So Father, I thank you for your words of truth and life that bring us into freedom, Father. You are truly the good, good Father. You are the Sherpa of my soul. Thank you for guiding us into all truth, for being the power that enables us to step into. And through your spirit, the overflowing life that comes from only you is found. Lord, we humble ourselves before you this morning. We pray that you will show us if there's any little bits in us that is resisting or retreating or rejecting your ways, Lord, show us. Teach us to be humble before you, to be vulnerable before you and others, Lord, to bring us into the more position, to love you more than anything else. What a privilege. Thank you, Jesus. We bless you and we love you, Lord. Amen.